All right, good. <clears throat> good to see you tonight. We have a lot to cover. Daniel chapter 12, please. Daniel chapter 12. <clears throat> so the finishing part of chapter 11 covered the time of the Roman Empire, beginning at verse 36 and uh, down through 45, summation of uh, the, uh, the Roman takeover of the world. And then uh, you see chapter 12, verse 1, begin with the words, at that time. Uh, before I cover this, the sheets that were handed out to you are for the study in two weeks. All right, so there'll be a, two weeks from today, there'll be a, uh, the study on Wednesday night will be an overview of the book of Daniel, uh, and uh, um, uh, Chad's going to teach that, and so uh, you, it should be pretty self-explanatory. You can look in the sheet, and you can see on the uh, left side there uh, what each section is about, and it'll be kind of a quick overview uh, of Daniel should be shouldn't be too terribly difficult because we've been through it but if you get that all filled out and share that in class then when we're when you're done you'll have uh, a good a good summation then of the book all right so at that time obviously then during the Roman uh, Roman Empire uh, Daniel is told now just completing the last part of uh, uh, chapter division here, cleaning, completing the last part of chapter 11. At that time shall rise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name uh, shall be found written in the book. All right, so let's just stop there, uh, and I'm going to see let you explain what you think some of these things are here. Uh, this should be familiar to uh, at least a lot of you uh, because a lot of the phrases and words here uh, should remind you of passages in the New Testament. All right, so uh, what do you see in just verse 1? What, 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 uh, what things just pop into your mind about uh, verse 1? Go ahead, Julie. Yeah, should immediately remind you of the destruction of Jerusalem. That's exactly right. So let's do a little back and forth between New and, and, and the book of Daniel, chapter 12. So first thing, this is almost uh, an exact quote as what you see in Matthew uh, chapter 24. Matthew 24, when uh, Jesus uh, discusses the destruction of Jerusalem. And there down in, <clears throat> let's just hit verse 15 first, since that, uh, we have covered that part in Daniel as well. Matthew 24, verse 15. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by, by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Where did we read about the abomination of desolation uh, coming into the holy place in Daniel? Anybody remember? You could look at your cross-reference in Matthew 24 and probably discover it. Mm -hmm. 
See it? Don't have a cross-reference in your Bible? <laughs> okay, Daniel chapter 9. And if you look at verses 24 through 27, you will see the mention of the abomination of desolation uh, coming in the holy place and uh, bringing an end to <clears throat> the nation, to, to the temple, to Jerusalem, etc. So that is a key marker for end of time for the Jewish nation. So in Daniel, when you're reading about the end, you're usually talking about the end of the Jewish, Jewish nation, end of the Jewish period. So he sets that up, and then while you're there in Matthew 24, um, notice then uh, on down in verse 21, when he says, For then there shall be, a great, be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. Uh, all right, so that's just exactly what we read back here in Daniel 12 then. Uh, we read the same thing. There'll be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. Okay, so we're, we're seeing the parallels already and we're putting a context here on Roman Empire. Very, very important. Uh, so context here, Roman Empire, and we want to keep that in mind. Um, I'd like you to, let's note another cross-reference here, this time in Ezekiel. Go to Ezekiel chapter 5. Ezekiel chapter 5, and Ezekiel's going to give us a little further information as to what is the problem with Israel and why is God doing what He's doing to the nation of Israel. Okay, Ezekiel 5 verse 5. Thus says the Lord God, this is, uh, this is Jerusalem. I have set her in the center of nations with countries all around her. And she has rebelled against my rules by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries all around her. For they have rejected my rules and have not walked in my statutes. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, or because you are more turbulent than the nations that are all around you and have not walked in my statutes or obeyed my rules, have not even acted according to the rules of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against you, and I will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. And because, all of, your, because of all your abominations, I will do with you what I have never yet done, and the like of which I will never do again. Therefore fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers, and I will execute judgments on you, and any of you who, who survive I will scatter to all the winds. Therefore as I live, declares the Lord God, surely because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things, and with all your abominations, therefore I will withdraw, my eyes shall not spare, and I will have no pity. There's a little summation of why both Times Jerusalem is destroyed, first by Babylon, later by Rome. Now you have God's reasoning. He said, you sinned worse than all the nations. All the pagan nations don't come close to the way you sin. And as a matter of fact, uh, they, they are, they're just better than you. They, you don't even follow their rules. <laughs> they have better rules than what you follow. I mean, that, that's really really disgusting. And God says, therefore, I'm going to do something that has never been done to any nation. I'm going to do it to you. Amazing. We don't. What? We don't tend to look at the Israelites that way. We 
I, I, I know. But to, but to this extent, yeah. we don't tend to think about that. that, that that's exactly right. We, we, we tend not to. Uh, but that, that, I mean, God will point that out in the prophets a number of times. In fact, in Kings, he will say they did worse. They were practicing and doing things worse than the Canaanites whom they drove out. Now that's, that, that is bottom of the barrel stuff. <laughs> it is as bad as, as you could dream up. And, uh, and God just, uh, there it is. So, when you see these kinds of things, like here in Daniel 12, just like Ezekiel, you can see then, here's why God is doing this. You know, you think about Daniel hearing this. It'd be pretty shocking, wouldn't he? He's like, oh my, this is what's going to happen to my people? You, you can just imagine how, how stunning this would be uh, to Daniel. All right? Quickly, what else in verse 1? Not quick enough. that is specifically over the holy people, so to speak, over, over Israel. And, uh, and of course, we, we see Michael pop up a, a few times, even in the New Testament. Uh, we, see, uh, we see Michael, uh, called the archangel. Uh, uh, so that, good. Okay, one other thing there. What's, what's, what's important about the end of that verse? Okay, good. There's going to be a remnant. There's going to be a few people that are safe. There's going to be this terrible, terrible destruction, but it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be destroyed. There's going to be certain people delivered, everyone whose, whose name is found written in, in the book. And, of course, you can read about the book of life in the New Testament, like Philippians 4, verse 3, refers to Yodi and Syntyche in the book of life. And then you can see it in Revelation chapter 20, that everyone written in the book of life uh, would, uh, would, uh, would be saved, and those not written in the book would be cast in the lake of fire. Julie. Good. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So here you have this time of tribulation, but there's going to be the righteous who are going to be able to escape. And why are they going to escape? Because they have believed Jesus and believed what Jesus had said. And, uh, and he had warned them. Okay, when you see this happening, this is when you need to get out of the city and you need to do it pronto. And the righteous would be able then to escape the city. That's exactly right. Okay, and then notice in verse 2, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right, I'm just going to, we're going to help, I'm going to help you out on this one. Go over to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we'll, we'll begin reading it uh, <clears throat> in verse 24. John 5, verse 24. 
Okay, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, I, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Uh, for as the, Father ha- uh, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. What kind of life, a resurrection from dead to life, to life is talked about by Jesus in those verses? Yeah, it's a, it's a spiritual coming, yeah. There, like, like Paul would say in Ephesians 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sin, but he has made you alive. And so he's talking about that. Now follow up, verse 27, and he has given authority to execute judgment because he's the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment or condemnation. Does that sound like Daniel? <laughs> Very similar, isn't it? You have come to life, so there's going to come to spiritual life, but then there eventually, on the, on the day of judgment, you have uh, the ultimately coming to life. And some, though, uh, who uh, are, are raised, uh, they are going to be uh, raised to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay? So... Following on, pretty simple, not not too bad. Uh, Going on then to verse 3. And those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. What's that tell you about the people of the Messiah? The people that came to life and are saved. You're going to keep living? What else in verse 3? Bring others with them. Pardon? And, and bring others with them. Yeah, they're going to they're be broadcasting this. Okay, Those who are wise are going to be broadcasting. They're going to be telling others about this. And they're going to turn many to righteousness. One of many passages in the Old Testament. You could write a book on it. Of the number of passages in the Old Testament that foretell us to be evangelistic people foretell us to be those who are going to share the gospel message to others. And of course, when you read the book of Acts, what do you read? You just, that's what they're doing. Uh, They're doing exactly as the prophets said that they would do. All right, very good. And they're going to shine. What what did Jesus say? You are the light of the world. So they're going to shine in that way. All right, then verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, or you should really read that. Does... Does net say scroll or book? It says book, doesn't it? Yeah, it says book. It, the, the literal is scroll. And, and anytime you're reading, of course, in the Bible and it talks about a book, it's not a book like we think of. It's a scroll, all right? And that's important here, by the way, because you're going to see a scroll in the book of Revelation that corresponds to this particular scroll here. All right, so... You, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book or the scroll until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Take the first sentence, please. First sentence. What is Daniel now being told to do? All right, it's going to be closed up. They're going to seal this up. Notice the word seal. 
What do you do with a scroll when you seal it? Okay, you roll it all up and you put wax on it and you put a stamp on it and it's sealed. All right, so he said, I want you to seal this up, these words. We're not going to reveal anything more out of this. This is, this is all I'm telling you. I'm not telling you anything else. So, and it's going to be sealed up till when? Time of the end. And when is that? According to what we've seen already in Daniel. Pardon? Yeah, destruction of Jerusalem. That period of time. This is when the end is going to come. You look at this from Daniel's point of view and what has been said already in these prophecies. Same word is, same word is used in chapter 10, verse 14, other places in Daniel. We're talking about, in this case, we're talking about the end of the Jewish nation. All right? And so he's saying, you seal that up till, till the end. And then at the end, then what's going to happen? Okay, let's find out. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Most of you are acquainted with this passage. <clears throat> 5 verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaim with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits sent out of all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Okay, so here is a scroll, and we're going to see this scroll now mentioned in the revealing of the opening of the seven seals, which will go up to chapter 11. And I'm going to note that with you in just, just a second. But what, what you're seeing here then is the scroll now being revealed that had been wrapped up and sealed back in Daniel's day. Not for you to know yet until the time of the end. Time of the end, it's going to be revealed. And suddenly we get in Revelation and boom, here's a scroll. And who can reveal it? Well, only Jesus. He's only one worthy who can come and open the scroll. All right, so hold that thought right there. Um, uh, and let's talk first about the end of verse 4. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Okay, let me give you a side, side uh, uh, a cross-reference for that that'll help. Book of Amos, okay, just not too many pages after this. Um, book of Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. All right, he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. So here's a uh, re referring to this famine for the knowledge of God. And people are going to be 
running to and fro, trying to find out what's going to happen here, uh, what's, 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 what's going on uh, about this. And of course, this is a period of time where uh, Jerusalem may be siege, being sieged, etc., and people are now panicking, especially the unbelievers, and they're going around trying to figure out what's happening because they haven't listened uh, beforehand. Okay, makes sense? All right. Questions? Pardon? Okay, yeah, well, the, and, and that's what's going to happen. God's going to be, be, give a revelation of the whole New Testament. But people are going to be running around trying to discover that. And if they'll listen, then they'll be able to have that knowledge. Right. Pardon? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and it, it's given in the, in the Old Testament, but at the time this is happening, then you're, you know, hopefully some will start looking actually for the Word of God. And, of course, the apostles will have revealed the Scriptures by then. It'll be passed around. But remember, you know, that's passed around in churches. Unbelievers aren't going to uh, uh, look for that as well, but maybe many will increase in knowledge during that time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they were making a huge mistake by flooding into Jerusalem because <laughs> that was next. <clears throat> All right, so look at verse 6 now and verse 7. And someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? Okay, so now the question is well, how long? How, how long is this going to be uh, going on? And remember, the how long is about. Verse 1, where this time of tribulation and trial, etc. How long? Verse 7, And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for time, times, and a half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. All right, so... It's going to be a time, times, and a half a time. When you're in Revelation, you're going to see that used in a lot of different ways. Anybody remember the different ways times, times, and a half a time is used? It's days, months, and years. <laughs> days, 1260 days. Months, how many? Going to do, they're going to do, uh, well, it's going to be three and a half years, months. Is that months? I mean, I'm beginning, 42 months, I think it is, something like that. All right, and so then, and then you have uh, the three and a half, three and a half years. So you see all of these that are, this is, this is seven chopped in, a ha in half, and it's never good. So this is the time of trouble and trial uh, that is going to happen. Let's, let's do a few cross-references here. Uh, about this. Let's go over to Revelation now, chapter 10. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 10. 
We'll stay here in Revelation for a second. Revelation chapter 10, um, and uh, yeah, for time's sake here, uh, notice in, uh, let's just start at verse 4. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, <coughs> but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw, standing on the sea and on the land, raised his right hand to heaven, and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as announced to his servants, the prophets. Think that's a connection there? <laughs> really obvious, isn't it? Here's the same angel standing up, and now what's the difference? Instead of seal up the words, now what, what is he saying? No more delay. Now you were going to reveal it. Now we're going to show what's going to happen. What's that tell you now about these chapters in these early chapters of Revelation and the judgments that are going on? What's that tell you about where those judgments are going toward? Who those judgments are going toward? It's not a trick question. It's about Jerusalem, isn't it? It's about Israel. He's comparing the two. Let's confirm it. Uh, going on, then uh, in verse, chapter 11, verse 1, Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out. For it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. There's your times, time and a half a time. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. All right, so we have people who are worshiping, verse 1, they're measured. People who are on the outside of the temple, the ones who are not worshiping God and doing what they ought to, they are left un unmeasured, that is unprotected, and they're going to be trampled down for 42 months. Uh, hold your place there. Go to Luke chapter 21. We get the book of Revelation. We'll go over this slowly. But right now, I want you to get the, the big picture. Luke chapter 21. Okay. And look uh, beginning there at verse 20. Luke chapter 21, verse 20. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that his desolation has come near. Now let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart. And let not those who are, on the, are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant and those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth and a wrath against this people. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations and Jerusalem be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Does that sound like what we read in Revelation 11 here? Same thing, isn't it? 
They're going to be given over to the nations, and they're going to be trampled for the holy city for 42 months. So he's talking about then the physical nation of Israel and how they're going to be trampled and, uh, and destroyed. Okay? See that? While we're there, go to Revelation 13. Revelation 13 and verse 5, where here's this beast that came up out of the sea that is no doubt talking about, we know later in Revelation, talking about the Roman Empire. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Now, when we get to chapter 13, we're going to see the brunt of the beast is now turning toward Christians. But we'll see the beast is doing this prior to chapter 12, is doing this against Jerusalem. There are two judgments that you see in Daniel. Go to Daniel 7. Let's remind ourselves. Go to Daniel 7. And look there toward the end end of Daniel 7. Uh, There in verse uh, uh, 23, thus he said, As for the fourth beast, there will be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different than all the kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise. Another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones, and he shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hands, his hand for time, times, and a half a time. Same thing, right? You see, you keep seeing this. So you see two judgments. In Daniel 7, you see the judgment against, you see the judgment or the, the work of the, the Roman Empire against Christians. And in fact, he goes on to talk about that in verse 26, the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed, destroyed to the end. So now that's the end. That's going to be the end of the Roman Empire. Look at chapter 9, back to our verse 24 through 27. Chapter 9, again talking about what Rome does, but this time in chapter 9, Rome's doing it to who? Rome's doing it to Jerusalem. All right, so chapter 9, uh, 26 And after 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, that would be the Roman Empire. They're going to destroy the city of Jerusalem, the temple, the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there should be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make strong covenant with many for one week. God with the Roman Empire, and for half the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations, we've read this in Daniel, I mean Matthew 24, on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate, Rome making Jerusalem desolate and the, and the nation. But then, until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Two judgments. One against the physical nation of Israel in the book of Daniel, and one against the Roman Empire as they have persecuted Christians. You're going to see when we get to Revelation after the first of the year that that's exactly how the book of Revelation is outlined. 
The first 11 chapters are going to be about the destruction of uh, Jerusalem and the destruction of the Israel nation. And all those quotes are going right back to Daniel showing you that, as we just read. And then you're going to see from 12, which is going to summarize, actually it's going to be from 13, 12 is going to be the, the pivotal point where he summarizes the battle. But then in 13, you're going to see the beast coming up out of the sea, and he starts persecuting Christians, and then God brings him to an end, fulfilling exactly what we just read in Daniel 7. Okay, I just said 500 billion things in about six minutes. Ask me questions. Seth? 13 to, to, well, really through 19, through 20. Yeah, and then 21 and 22 we'll talk about after the new, the new heavens and new earth. So you're going to see judgment. By the way, one of the things you're going to notice in as you begin reading Revelation, and I hope, by the way, that before the first Sunday in January, which was where I'm going to start, I have, I'll be preaching both morning and evening that day. Uh, evening, we'll be able to do a little discussion, but morning and evening, uh, what is that, the first? No, that's just, no, it's going to be, wait, yeah, it's going to be, sixth or seventh or something like that yeah all right so we when we get there um, i hope by that time you will have just done a just read through the book of Reve- uh, book of revelation or stick it on your um, iphone or whatever and listen to it read even better uh, it's fun to just listen to it too, and you can hear uh hear and see that so get get yourself uh, ready for it but what you, one of the things you're going to notice is twice in the letters to the seven churches he will talk about the persecution that's taking place at present, and guess who's doing the persecuting? Jews. Persecuting the church. And he goes, okay, watch this. But he'll also say in one of the letters how that the great tribulation on the whole earth has not yet come. Ooh. So you have this period up to 70 A.D., just as we read in the book of Acts. Who are the primary persecutors in the book of Acts? Jews, not Romans. And then after you get Nero and 70 A.D., etc., who's the primary persecutor? Well, the Jews are out. God's judged them. Now the primary persecutor is going to be Rome. So what's Revelation dealing with? To comfort and help and give hope to the, to the Christians? Don't worry, I'm about to take out those Jews who have been harassing you. Don't worry, now Rome is going to do a bunch to you. Many are going to die, but I'm going to eventually take them out. And that's exactly what Daniel has said in his book. So you scope back and say, what does, did Daniel do? Daniel foretold of first the physical nation and their, that, that people, and what would happen to them. They're going to be taken out, chapter 12, verse 1, we just read. And then after that, as we saw in chapter 7 and in chapter 9, these same Romans now who took out the Jews are now going to go after the Christians. And when they do that, God says, hang on, I'm giving them times, time, and a half a time. And you're going, that's not going to be fun. Nope, it's not. But at the end, God's going to take them out too. So anybody see the Roman Empire anywhere today? No, I don't think so. Okay, so that's the picture. Questions? How are we doing? Summarize it that way. Sarah, what's the question? 
all this information, and now I need to go home and, and digest it, <laughs> see it, process it, and see it for myself. Yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and that's right. Go back and just read, like, like I would say, read chapter 7 again. Then read chapter 9, 24 through 27, which is talking about the same thing, and then read chapter 12. And you're just putting those three together, and you can, you, you can already spot, I've given you the cross-references to Revelation, etc. You can always spot this, so that Revelation is simply an unveil. What, what does the word Revelation mean? Unveiling. What's the Greek word? Apocalypse. The Greek word for revelation or unveiling is apocalypse. Apocalypse. You say, I thought apocalypse was like, end of the world, know this. It is not. That is a misnomer and it is as wrong as it could be. The revelation of Jesus Christ is not saying, in, new, in today's terms, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the unveiling of Jesus Christ. What's he unveiling? He's unveiling what was sealed up back in the book of Daniel, in which Daniel said, what's going to happen after this? And, and uh, the angel said, nah, just seal it up. Well, that'll all happen the time in the end. It'll be unveiled. And the very first words of Revelation is, the unveiling. Here we go. Yay. We've been waiting for 600 years for the unveiling. And here we are. Really cool. Okay. How are we doing? Yes, yes. Don't be chicken. Ask a question. <laughs> All right. So look then at, uh, at Daniel 12 and, verse, and, and, and see in verse 7. Um, so notice, whoops, that's right, Daniel 7, at 12 and verse 7, you see that same angel who swore and all this, and the shattering of the holy people comes to an end, and these things are going to be finished. He, he said that, we just read that in chapter 10 of Revelation. Verse 8, I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Now watch what the angel says. He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Okay, he said that again. Here's, this is going to be not till the time of the end. So he's, he's alerting us. And how, how, how foolish of us as Christians uh, over the years to have read Daniel, and I'm including myself in this, have read Daniel, saw these words in which sealed up until the time of the end and didn't relate it to Revelation. Well, that's a big duh. You know, that's really obvious, especially when Revelation comes. And as, as the key thematic event of Revelation is the opening of the scroll and the revealing, using exactly the same words with the same angel who's swearing, here it is, in chapter 10, the unveiling then of Daniel, which then makes the book of Revelation far, far more simple. I already know. He's unveiling the things that would happen to the physical nation of the Jews, happen to the Christians, and then eventually what would happen to the, the, uh, the desolator, the Roman Empire. And Revelation is divided in half, just like that. God probably even put the chapter divisions there. Ha! <laughs> 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 
Sometimes, you know, who knows? I might get there and God will go, I'm rebuking you for always making fun of my chapter divisions. I can just see it. <laughs> All right. So then verse 10. Many will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. Now that's pretty much an answer to what uh, Daniel asked in verse 8. He says, what's going to be the outcome? And they seal the words up, not telling you all this, but I can tell you this much in verse 10. There's going to be the wicked and there's going to be the righteous. And the wicked are just going to do more wicked and the righteous are going to stick with their righteousness. And it's going to be that way. Uh, is, is it that way? Yeah, yeah, it's that way. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it is. And so the, the wicked aren't going to understand, uh, but, the, but the righteous are going to understand, and they're going to be wise. Verse 11, by the way, um, Revelation chapter 22, verse 11 and 12, jot that down as your old cross-reference there. Revelation 22, 11 and 12 actually says exactly the same thing as we just read in verse 10, in just slightly different words. By the way, book of Revelation never, ever gives an exact quote very unique no exact quotes but almost <laughs> almost of the 404 verses of the 404 verses i think it's 400 of them make an allusion in one way or another to an old testament text but never an exact quote but you'll recognize it so I mean, what's that tell you about Revelation? It tells you if you want to know the answer to Revelation, you're going to know the 400 times that he makes some reference to an Old Testament text, and you're going to know you need to know that text. And that's going to be your kind of unlocking code, so to speak, to know what's being revealed. Voila. Which once you can get that down, you will not say Revelation is the most difficult book in the Bible. You will simply not say that anymore. Not that there's not going to be some touchy, difficult little spots, but as a whole, it's not going to be overwhelming. And it is sad as it can be that Christians in general and preachers in general have, you know, just observed the Passover when they came to uh, Revelation. Okay. So verse 11, and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is, is set up, there should be 1,290 days. Now those are not two events. The, uh, the end of the regular burnt offering, and this is talked about in chapter 9, 24-27. The end of the regular burnt offering and the abomination set, desolation that's set up is happening at the same time. So he says once that happens, then there's going to be 1,290 days. What's weird about 1,290 days? It's not 1,260 days. That's right. That's what you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where do we come up 1,290? There's never 1,290 in all the Bible. It's always 1,260. Oh, so okay. You get 1,260 that's yucky, yucky, yucky. She's got 30 more days. It's, yeah, 30 more days. And then, so in the 1260, the three and a half, what's happening? Jerusalem's getting destroyed. 30 more days, now it's Rome. That's the best I can make out of that. Because it's going past the 1260 where there was persecution against 
that there was the destruction, that is, of Jerusalem. And then, boom, he goes past that, and, and you go, huh? Uh, okay, so this is now when the desolator is going to get his part. So verse 12, blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335 days. So I would suggest probably that's just when all of it is finally done. Rome's gone, etc., 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 and it's all finally done. Blessed are you if you make it through all of that and get to the other side. You've stayed strong, as he's going to say to all the seven churches. You're going to, you, you stand strong through all this stuff, and you get off across to the other side, and you win the victory. And thus he reminds Daniel, verse 13, So Daniel, you're asking about this. Don't worry. Go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. So, don't worry, Daniel. The righteous will be there, you'll be there, God's people will stand, though those who are truly the holy nation. By the way, you notice in uh, verse 7, one other thing, the shattering of the power of the holy people. Notice he's calling them the holy people, but they're not holy anymore. That is a title only to let us know who he's talking about. This is the shattering of the physical nation itself. So be aware of how that's used. All right? Yippee. So in two weeks, you're going to do an overview of Daniel. And if, if you will go through this and, and try to label, you, as you can see on your chart, labeling each chapter as you go through, and you, you'll see lessons at the bottom of the, of the text in each, each one of those. Brent put that together. He, Brent did a series. Uh, it's not online because he did it on Wednesday nights, and he doesn't, he doesn't uh, record them bad boy. Uh, but he, uh, he, he, he did this every book of the Bible, these charts. Blank. I hope we can do that one day. I think that would be a lot of fun. Thank you uh, for um, uh, participating in this. I hope, hope you, you've got an absolutely clear view now of Daniel, and uh, you will never have a problem again the rest of your life. You know? <laughs>